Whatnots review show number 240. My name is Kyle Springer and I am joined by Melissa Wilkinson. Melissa, how are you? Hello. I'm doing fine. How's your weekend, Kyle? Weekend has been pretty, pretty good. Can't complain. Just hanging out. Not much cool. going on, but it's good, you know? <laughs> mm -hmm. It's good indeed. What have you been up to, up to? I went to see Knock at the Cabin, the new M. Night Shyamalan Ooh. film. How was it? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I always feel like I have to qualify when I go see one of his films that it's 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 good, but like don't go in expecting another sixth sense because I feel like people weigh like they judge everything against that movie. And I'm like, sure. it's good. Yeah. Don't go in expecting a 10 out of 10, but it's good. Go see it. Please don't be underwhelmed by this. He's doing other interesting things. Mm. In his, I, 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 I actually saw quite a bit of people defending him as a filmmaker as this Good. was coming yes. out, which is like, I think the first time that I've seen that in a long, long time of like, guys, this will be good. <laughs> it so. is. It cool. is always cool. worth your time. At the very least, I think he's technically very strong and I love how all his movies are shot. He's very good with a camera. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but we are not here to talk about M. Night Shyamalan or Knock at the Cabin. Uh, this week, we are covering some comics, some Red Sonia comics by Gail Simone. Um, I, it's been my goal here on the podcast to get more sword and sorcery stuff th this year. Uh, and this is our first attempt at that. Mm -hmm. It's a genre I don't really know much about. But in my head, when I think of that, I immediately go to Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, kind of only because I don't really know what else is out there. Um, and and I, I have I mean, I've heard of Red Sonia. I know that people really enjoyed Gail Simone's run uh, on this, but that was kind of all I knew. So uh, especially it. it being a genre that we haven't really mm -hmm. gotten into here on the review show. Um, I was like, you know what? Let's 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 do some sword and sorcery stuff. So M Melissa, of the things that I had pitched last week, you picked Red Sonia. What what about Red Sonia inspired you to pick this one? Ah, it was just a nice format. Like you pitched this two weeks ago. You know, when we do our monthly end of the month specials, ongoing specials, uh, we do our pitches for the week after that, the week before. So you gave me like 18 issues of comics. I'm like, that's a great use of two weeks. You know, that feels sure. yeah. more, more efficient than spending two weeks to watch one movie or two. Um, I knew the name Gail Simone. When you said it, like a little flag popped up in my head. But I realized I don't know what that flag is. It's just it doesn't give me a specific title. The, it just says this name, is a name, yeah. you know, this is a comic name you you've heard before. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'd better get more familiar with whoever Gail Simone is. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, she's a fantastic writer. Uh, she's online on Twitter a lot. Just given just just trolling the hell out of people. It's really f funny to uh to see some of the stuff that she does online but she she's written a ton of characters from like here red sonia to deadpool uh she's written oh. a, a bunch of her own indie stuff um yeah she is she's a pretty well-known comic book writer 
Um, mm-hmm. But Red Sonia, I I have to say I ended up enjoying my time with this mm-hmm. series, uh, though it didn't start out that way. I did think the first volume and uh, two volumes there's only three volumes in this Mm. thing so for a large chunk of this i thought it was okay i thought it was fairly generic um but there were certain things that those first two volumes set up despite me maybe not being as into them that i think really paid off in this third volume here uh and i think by the end of these 18 issues that we read uh yeah i enjoy, enjoy enjoyed it i i knew nothing about red sonia gago and no. i did didn't feel lost writing this that was one of my yeah. concerns is that this is technically like it's it's a new writer coming on the book so they want to do their own thing but it's also after all the events that happened before it so i don't know how much it'll be tied into continuity and stuff like that but I felt this was very accessible. I felt like I could jump right in. So I think if you're interested in checking the character out, this might be a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. What did you think now that you've read these these 18 issues? I did have a pretty good time. I really clocked in on that second volume. I really liked that sure. story arc. I thought that was interesting where she's been tasked by a dying king to bring him the six greatest artisans in the land in specific crafts because he wants them to perform at his like death party he's like before i die i want to see like the world's greatest swordsman the world's greatest dancer red sonia go and collect them and if you do this i will free my thousand slaves so that's her her goal that's her impetus i like that it isn't specifically combat based it's Sure. Kind yeah. of a fetch quest, but that's really not what I was expecting. And I, I liked the novelty of that. I liked how, you know, even though the, the lives of these thousand people hang in the balance and on the immediate scale, it's just like, can I convince this person to go with me? I kind of liked how relatively low stakes that was. Sure. Yeah. 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 I, I and, and that is one of the, the things that I think really paid off in the third volume. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just a, 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 some quick synopses of these these three v- 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 volumes here. If you uh, are interested uh, in the first volume, there is a plague that is happening in the land. And there is a certain town that uh, kind of wants Red Sonia to help defend it. Um, mm-hmm. They they know that an army is coming to kind of wipe them out because they're starting to get sick and the plague is starting to show up here. Um and if they can get Red Sonia to defend it, they think, hey, maybe we can live l- long enough to find a cure or just, mm. just you know, deal with our, our our sickness here. We don't all need to die and suffer just because mm. of this one thing. Uh, but as it turns out, uh, the person that is leading the army uh, that is coming against this town is someone that Red Sonia knows uh, and has like got to know fairly recently. Uh, to the point where they were calling each other sisters, uh, but mm. then they w- ended up going their own way and they hadn't seen each other for a, a while. Um, and so it it is this like, well, I don't want to fight you like you're someone I love, but why are you doing this? I need to defend these people. 
Um, so that's what's happening in volume one. Uh, and then in volume two, like you already described, there is this king uh, that sends Red Sonia on a fetch quest to get him the best entertainment in the mm -hmm. world before he dies. Uh, and in return says, yes, I will hurry my thousands of slaves uh, if you do this for me. Uh, and then in the third and final volume that we read, uh, Red Sonia uh, is a, a, again kind of on her, her own. Um, and she she is dying. There's multiple stories in this one. At one point, yeah. she's dying uh she gets to meet de de death and fight death uh a, a couple stories after after that she is asked to defend this library these like nuns have like all of these books with all this knowledge about how we can uh avoid war and different political systems and disease and all sorts of stuff and uh she is asked to defend that tower from a uh a corrupt uh queen uh I, I guess a little bit before that i mentioned she was dying she's kind of dying because of a curse that she got from this weird I like wizard the curse. that's out there there's yeah. some weird things happening in that third volume but i liked it a lot uh -huh. um, she's specifically cursed to never be able to forgive anybody she kills yeah. a wizard and that is his dying curse on her and it takes her a while to understand exactly what, what that a means, death yeah. sentence that is for her. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, did, did, did you want to add anything else in, into that plot synopsis? I, I, yeah, I guess the one thing I, I missed in that third volume there is, uh, yeah, she ends up seeing the one person that got away yeah. from all of the people that uh, destroyed her village and killed her parents when she was a child. She sees the one guy that uh, survived that. And she's just like, you, I need to kill you. <laughs> uh, so yeah. uh, mm. Do you have uh, anything else that you want to add in to that? Things no, no. I think these are, fun classic adventure tales some of them are a bit more traditional than the others some have got a, I mean, it's, it's some are darker some are very combat based some are a little bit more comedic like i just have to go collect the world's greatest dancer yeah right Ex exactly <laughs> yeah um cool good stuff good stuff yeah i i ended up enjoying these and like i said these are a pretty accessible start if you are in yeah. interested in checking out this character uh, I liked her a lot. Said, I liked her as a character. I want to say that. I enjoyed the time I spent with Red Sonia. She just, she's always hungover and, and horny. I like how surly, basic yeah. her needs and motivations are and how she's really aware of that. Like one of the characters she has to go collect is the world's greatest chef and he's trying to feed her all this incredible food and she's like, I just want meat. Just regular old meat, please. I don't care what it is. Meat, meat, yeah. meat. She just wants like food and, and seasoned and meat. sex and just beer. Meat. <laughs> <laughs> like she has no taste for fine things. When she's asked to defend that library, she's like, I never even learned how to read. I don't care about your books. Yeah. Like she's got this very simple set of needs and the simple sort of code she lives by. And I liked that she was, she was very aware 
of her skill as a warrior. She's like, I'm called Red Sonia the Devil for a reason. I am the toughest warrior around here. But she's not really arrogant. Like she, like she's very respectful and civil and like makes bargains with like these townspeople she encounters. She does have some some heart to her. She does try and see the best in people in some regards. She recognizes mm-hmm. I'm the greatest warrior in the world. I, everybody I've struck down deserved to be struck down. I am kind of aware in the back of my mind how many widows and orphans I have created. Uh, yeah. And I, I do recognize that like when death comes for me, I, it will be a well-earned death, but not right now. Indeed. Indeed. With that, we will take a quick break for housekeeping. Uh, and then when we get back, we will dive into these comics a little more in depth here. So we will be right back. Here at The Whatnots, we make multiple different shows, and a lot of hard work goes into making them, so we would love it if you check them all out. If you enjoy our shows, patreon.com slash the whatnots is the best place to show your support. For just a dollar a month, you can get early access to episodes, and at our $3 tier, a Patreon-exclusive podcast, The Pilots Club. You can even get a shout-out and thank you on most of our shows at the $5 tier. And if you're one of our patrons already, Thank you so much. It means the world to us. You can find out more information on our website, thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. You can also find us on YouTube and Twitch for video versions of the shows, trailer reactions, and live streams. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a hoodie or a mug or something else, head over to thewhatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. And we are back. Big shout out once again to all of our Patreon supporters. We love you. We appreciate you. Thank Thank you. you Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are a Patreon supporter, you will have access to our uh, our Patreon exclusive podcast at the three dollar tier. Um, and this past or this month, we're already in February. I keep forgetting um, mm-hmm. this month for the Pilots Club. We talked about Puchinski, the premier cop reincarnated as a dog television show that never actually made it to be a television show. Um, we, we, we had a blast with this one. I loved it a lot. Uh, by the time this goes up to the public, it will be up and ready for you all. Uh, I sh- should have that up today, the day that we are recording oh. this. Um, but yeah, go check out the Pilots Club. It's a lot of fun. Cool things that we've been up to here at the Whatnots. Besides all of that, here on the review show this past week, we talked about the first three Fast and the Furious movies. Uh, that's our end of the month coverage for the next c- couple months. We're doing the next three here at the end of February, and then the next three at the end of March, all in preparation for Fast 10. Uh, cannot wait to go see all of that. So if you're a fan mm-hmm. of Fast and the Furious, Go check those ones out, too. Those will be a lot of fun. Um, and I, I had only ever seen the first th- th- three. So from here on out, it's all brand new territory because, <laughs> Melissa, you haven't seen them either. Not so. a one. Yeah, it's going to be fun. 
of course, on the Captain's Log this past week, we got to talk about all of the exciting stuff that DC yeah. Comics is doing over there with their new movie announcements and animated shows and stuff. Uh, who, who knew that us reading Frankenstein Agent of Shade here on the review show yeah. like, <laughs> almost a year ago ish, uh, if not longer. 2020. Right. Yeah. Uh, would 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 pay off in in a big way <laughs> for creature commandos. Yeah, we are. Um, so that that was ex exciting and fun stuff. Uh, and then on the reactor core, not only did we recently hit our 100th episode, uh, in which we ranked all of the movies that we covered on that show on on the reactor core specifically not this show here uh we ranked all of those movies and had a blast uh and we are continuing to do our weekly coverage of the last of us uh and doing our reactions to that which has been fantastic so far but there you go i think that's about it for housekeeping mm -hmm. right now so without further ado let's get into spoilers bam there we go Okay. Um, I want to ask you, this isn't a, yes. like a spoilery question. I guess I could have sure. asked it earlier, but in your mind, what is the distinction between fantasy overall and the sword and sorcery subgenre? Last year, the subgenre you were yeah. really pushing for us to cover was kaiju, which feels pretty specific. Like, you know, a kaiju when you see it, but I want to know what says sword and sorcery to you specifically. I think, I, I, I mean, kind of like I alluded to, when I think of sword and sorcery, I think of Conan the Barbarian. But that's also partly because I don't know exactly what this genre entails. I, mm. I know that in general, I'm not a huge fan of fantasy stuff, like Lord of the Rings style stuff. Mm. Um, but that doesn't mean there aren't good stories out there that are in that genre. There won't be something that I like or, you know, feel like I, I can connect to. Uh, so, yeah, like I, 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 I feel like in the sword and sorcery genre, main character, at, at least in my mind, ends up be, being more of a brute like character. Yeah. Right. They maybe aren't as intelligent uh, just because they want meat. They want food. They want sex. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> right. Like it, it has that kind of atmosphere to it. I like to see them fight giant monsters, but there might be some mysticism added in there of like, oh, there's this ancient wizard in a cave in a mountain and he cursed you to never forgive. And like there's just something I think with that and some kind of adventure, but not the like uh, and you have my axe and here's the 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 raiding <laughs> party and the orcs that will fight against and I, I, I don't know that like does that kind of make sense? I I was also trying to figure this out because I also. It, it, I have like a gut feeling on what is sword and sorcery versus just fantasy but i don't know how to i don't know what the other There's fantasy like subgenres are besides <laughs> this one right. what i think it is is that 
in a sword and sorcery story, look at your red Sonia, your Conan the Barbarian, your Beastmaster, whatever. Your protagonist is one of the strongest people around. Your protagonist is never sure, an yeah. underdog. They may meet a foe so great that it becomes the Goliath and now they are now comparatively a David, but they're never the underdog just in their general lives. And they never are a sorcerer. It's always sword v sorcery. They're sure, always yeah. a sword person. They're always a weapon person. It's very combat based. And specifically like i think i think of hand-to-hand combat like lord of the rings a lot of war a lot of big battles huge fields full of like soldier after soldier whereas when i think of this it's more like i have a sword you have a sword let's go at it blood and mud like a a a survival like aspect to to it whereas yeah the like high fantasy stuff is on like a grander scale yeah Mm. it it is like i'll have my army go over there and kill you all whereas Mm. this yeah it's like man versus based and that is the story Mm. Mm. um there there might be still some grand adventure but it is still that like one man is kind of the main person and and you don't have the like legless by their side yeah being like yes i will help you too and i'll knock out 50 of them and and stuff like that which we we do almost get in in these three volumes right Mm. in volume two she goes to collect all of these people and they kind of become her party like Mm. they're they're just temporarily yeah yeah um and And that might be part of it volume when she's passing away they do show up and they're like hey we like we like her like we traveled with her we were companions like we fought together like well like that stuff is still in the air but it never really focused on like okay and here's the party and now they go on this big adventure and who knows what um but yeah does does that answer your question i think party size might be part of it yeah you think of I can't name another character in Conan the Barbarian besides him. Like, you don't think of these guys as having friends. I think of Xena and Gabrielle. Sure, that's yeah. it. <laughs> like, it's like maybe you have a companion, maybe also a pet, a, a steed, a mount, a cool wolf or something. But you don't yeah. have a whole gang of people around you. You might collect a few and then eventually they fade away or like they go do their own thing. But like there's no permanent party that's more than like two people. Sure, <laughs> like the yeah. sword and sorcery hero is more of a, a loner. Like it's them against the world or it's them and maybe one companion against the world. Where Yeah, with fantasy, it's more like you've got an entire fellowship. Indeed, indeed. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I guess at the end of the day, I'm still exploring this. So I I don't necessarily mm. know exactly. Um, but yeah, I uh, know that this genre has a rich history in comics uh, mm-hmm. as well. And uh, yeah, here, here we are reading some Red Sonia. So let's mm-hmm. start talking about this first volume here. This this plague town and she meets Dark Anissa, I, be, I believe was her name. Mm-hmm. Um, Anisia. Uh, yeah, Anisia, Anissa. Let me pull up the thing because the their the Amazon thing said 
what it was in I might be wrong yeah. then. I... No, you're right. You are right. Oh, okay. In, Anisia, yeah. Um Yeah, I I I felt this first volume was fairly generic. I I don't I wasn't really into it. it um I, 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 I don't know. I think it was for me partly because I just didn't know the character yet. Mm-hmm. Um and and so I was still trying to find a foothold into this that by time I did most of that volume was over already and so it was just like well okay like i this one was all right i guess um but was there anything about this first volume that stood out to to you i like that the king sent these these two like teenage girls to be your bodyguards right and they're like probably like the best hunters you know, in in their town, in their little village, but in that they like hunt rabbits and stuff. Like they are not the the barbarian that Red Sonia is. <laughs> right. Yeah. But they're just absolutely fawning over her. Like call her like the glorious mistress, the mistress of the wonderful cleavage, like all these Which things. Which I have to say is a great name for yeah. the d- d- double on 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 right? <laughs> there 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 is the like there is the 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 very obvious Red Sonia has been used as this like eye candy character mm, in this like mm. scantily. She has boob armor, right? Like that yeah. never works. But like that's just what her character is often c- c- comfortable in. Yeah. But then also she's cleaving people like she's chopping them up. And I didn't even so get like, to the second part. I was only thinking about the boobs. Lady of the Magnificent <laughs> Cleavage. I was like, that's actually yeah. brilliant. I like that. <laughs> I like that this is a world where everybody has heard of Red Sonia. Yep. <laughs> like, she's not a hero who is encountering legends. She is a hero who is a legend and is very well aware that she is a legend. And everybody just fawns over her, especially these two girls. They're like, we've been appointed to be your bodyguards. And even though they know, like, that's a moot point. There's no way you were bodyguarding Red Sonia. Like she doesn't need it. They're still very proud to have been given that title. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I I liked the, 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 them. They were neat because yeah, she was just like, hey, like you're not hunting rabbits, said he mm-hmm. Or like mm-hmm. if you're gonna be with me, like you're gonna be hunting men. Like <laughs> yeah, you're you're gonna have to kill some people. And I don't know if you guys have done that before. Don't seem like you ha- have, and they're just like, uh, I mean, we'll try our best. <laughs> we'll mm-hmm. we'll do, 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 do it. But um, I I think for me the 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 stuff that I started to get into is when she started having like when she did actually catch the plague yeah. and was ex was exiled away from all the action and was having these like fever dreams of like, is that a deer that i see or is it just in my mind is it leading me somewhere i don't know and then she starts to like think of her family and what happened and that was when it was like okay now i understand who this character is i like what happened to her when she was yeah younger i i felt like i like i know this was not necessarily meant to be an origin story but I, I think that's kind of what i needed to get into the character and just understand some basics about it so it was those last couple issues of the first volume that i was like ah okay now i have a foothold um 
but then because I, I, I liked the like fever dream stuff so much, the, the stuff about the plague and the town and the, the prince sending them out to go find this cure and stuff. But it turns out that he was the one that poisoned everyone and did all this. I, I just kind of didn't care as much about that. Um, mm hmm. And then it, it, I think especially when volume two then just completely moves on and we don't <laughs> really catch up with Nisia and what she's up to or what that town is up to after mm -hmm. that. It was like, oh, well, that's not really important. Let's move on. I, I, I think the first story is, I want to say generic. It just feels fairly traditional. It's got smaller... Sure, yes differences in there like i like that this king like sonia really doesn't care for kings or royalty but this is the king who rescued her who like or at least like killed this other king killed this other army found these prisoners in a dungeon and she was one of those prisoners and he, and he freed her he like he's like I, I, I will have my people take care of you you will be bathed you will be clothed we will give you a sack of gold you know go out you're free now and she's like i owe him a debt i like mm -hmm. him not just that she owes him a debt, but she's like, I appreciate and respect this man. Like, if he calls for my help, I am going to be there. Like, I think that's a nice part of her character. I like that we got that introduction. I, I, I yeah, I think that it served that value. And the fact that the next volume does kind of move on, I just took to be, you know, again, part of the genre, part of just like I'm a I'm a traveling warrior. I go where people hire me. You know, I finished one mm -hmm. campaign. I'm on to the next campaign. Yeah, but I did yeah, like the not, second volume a lot more. It, it's not a bad first volume. I think I just kind of needed an origin story to get into it. So I, I think if I had been slightly more familiar with the character and had known her backstory, I think I could have gotten into that first mm. volume a little bit more. Um, but yeah, second volume. Did, did, did you want to move on to that one? Yeah, I, I like this one. I like the conceit. I like the, like a, a fetch quest seems kind of simple and kind of cheap, but something about it really charmed me. I like that she's like, Sonia is a very clearly defined character to herself and to other people. I like that as she goes on this journey, she keeps meeting all these surprises. Like she thinks mm -hmm. she has met the beast master, but really it's his assistant, his like beaten on like 12 year old girl who's he's like enslaved into his care. It, like she really knows everything. She's the true beast master. Like she keeps getting surprised by different things. Like she yeah. one of the characters she has to go collect is the star caser. And when you're first introduced to this list of artisans, you're like, what exactly does a stargazer do? And it's the one guy in this like medieval fantasy world who's figured out the earth is round. And Sonia's like, that's not true. That can't be true. I think yeah. you're lying, but the king told me to come get you. So I guess you're coming with me. <laughs> yeah. It, it's the, the, Sonia, like what's written on her cover and what's inside her, the book is exactly the same. And this is a, I like that it's a story about her learning to not judge these other people by their book covers, to like look closer sure. at all these people. It's, it's interesting because th this one is also a very 
different structure, uh, like story structure than the first volume. And then what a lot of comics that we've read on this uh, show, it's almost like a a monster of the week, but but it's like, let's add a new party companion of the week, Mm -hmm. right? She's sent out to go find these people and each issue is her finding another person on this list here. Um, that being said that last one who's a dancer i feel like they could have done without that one it's a good joke i i, I do, feel like I do like the joke but it, it's it, worth like, it for the joke the <laughs> fact that she's she this is the last person she has to collect and the joke of this whole volume this whole thing is like okay she's got a month to go collect all these people get back and deliver them in time for the party and then the those slaves will be freed and like as she goes on this journey she's like so pressed for time she's exhausted she's like i haven't had a good meal i, I this guy <laughs> keeps trying to feed me this fancy food i don't want a bisque <laughs> i just want like a big ham leg she's like i can't get a good night's sleep i can't get any food i can't get any drinks i can't get any sex and she's like just sleeping in like mud and stuff so by the end of the thing she's also so smelly it's like a running joke that she's had like no time or like no inclination to find the time to bathe like she meets all these people and they're like i don't know if i want to go with you you're really smelly and she's like i'll fix it later come on i have a big sword i'm red sonia i'm the devil come with me so when she comes to this last guy she's like at the end of her rope and she's like i'm gonna kill anybody in my way between me and whoever this dancer is (laughs) and i think she's expecting like some beautiful lady dancer and instead it's just like some like magic mike type guy who's (laughs) like yeah i'm excited come with me like i'll go with you hell yeah let's go and he's like "Ooh, i'm getting like swept away by red sonia that's so exciting (laughs) and when they have that big final battle at the palace when the king is like actually i'm going back on my word i want all those slaves like trapped with me in my tomb so i have company in the afterlife and they have to fight against his royal guard like every other member of the the party she has collected serves a purpose and then that guy was just dancing and he was so in the groove he didn't notice there was a battle happening around him (laughs) that guy's on another plane i like him yeah <laughs> it like it it's 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 a great joke but it it is almost like y- you spent this entire issue on this guy who just doesn't do anything you you kind of really could have like been more in the battle with with this uh spent that entire ish issue on th- th- that uh but yeah, I, I I like that each of the issues is her finding a different person and it is also her kind of getting to know them and yeah. uh, figure out their situation. Like she, yeah, the, you mentioned the the beast master per- person. Like it's not like the Doji actually went there to get is an asshole and mm-hmm. like is like hateful t- towards all the animals. And I guess has some some history with Sonia too. that mm. like, hey, next time I saw you, I said that I would kill you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, like you like you mentioned, it's actually like the assistant, like the animals love the assistant because the mm-hmm. assistant is nice and feeds them and pets them and plays with them and and stuff like that. Um, and and so it's like, oh, you you can li- like actually be the one to contr- control these here. 
okay, we'll we'll get you instead instead. Or uh, yeah, the whole the whole thing with the chef, the chef uh, where she almost gets captured by these like swamp people who are cannibals. I gotta talk about the swamp and, people. Uh, yeah, and 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 then she they're like, oh, we're about to eat you, Red Sonia. We'll give you to our chef to prepare you, and we can eat 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 you. And he's he, he's he's just like, all right, I'm about to prepare you. And they left. Okay, good. All right, I'm trapped here too. Uh, <laughs> I like I've been eating them turtles or whatever this is, saying it's humans. Uh, we need to get out of here. <laughs> I I did like that, and I liked that the the swamp people were true gourmands, and the chef yeah. was like. These are the only people who appreciate what I do. I just have to find things that aren't other humans to feed them. I, yeah, I, I just have to make something so fancy that they can't tell it's not human. <laughs> <laughs> so when she first goes to the, the swamp world, she meets, she like this couple stumbles across her camp and their names are Scott, like S apostrophe K-O-T yeah. and Klop, like K apostrophe L-A-P. Like there's something familiar about these two, and then the next person they meet is like some guy jumps out of the trees and like Sonia stabs him, and his name is Pashir. And I'm like, uh -huh. oh my god, it's Paul Shear, the podcaster. Earlier, that's Scott Ackerman and Kulap Vilaisak. These are like fuel <laughs> podcasters. And the next person I they meet is that. like the, the like the the tribal leader Hui. That's that's Howie. That's Howard Kramer <laughs> from Who Charted. Oh my like, god! I I know I've we've frequently encountered or I've heard of like I know a lot of podcasters who also write comics or they're friends with comic creators and like they'll fit them in there. Like there's like Invincible has like a comedy bang bang reference in it at one point. Mm -hmm. I've seen like screen caps from, but I I wasn't expecting to see them written in here. I was so delighted. I spent the rest of the issue like, who else is going to show up? Do I get to see like Swamp Jason Manzoukas? Right? They're, they're, like, like a lot of times that's also the work of the artist, yeah, not yeah. necessarily the writer. I mean, well, in, in this case, obviously, it's these characters' n -n names, right? Mm. So I'm it looks like assuming him too. Gail Simone is like, hey for these characters it's actually these people make them look like that mm. uh, but i like i've seen stuff in the background of comics that it's like it's the kind of funny logo oh. and and then you like go on la 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 line it's like oh yeah the artist is a big fan of kind of funny and and stuff like that uh, which is neat to, to, to see stuff like that in the in the back g -g 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 around. There's another comic that I like, uh, Chew, 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 um, Chew, which yes. is fantastic because the two main characters are based off of Sawyer and Miles in the like alternate <laughs> side reality of Lost, and they have a whole bunch of like Lost re oh. references in that comic. It's great. It's fantastic. Um, so we have to actually like read. That is always neat. Yeah, we have to actually read Chew at some point because you've told we me should. this. I'm aware yeah. of this, but I've never picked up an issue of Chew. We should. That would I, be good for a it, good like end of the month special thing. Okay, I uh, I do. It is nice to know that the podcasts I listen to to get me through my workday at my desk job 
are the same podcasts that like a comic book artist is using to get them through their work day, drawing cool pictures of Red Sonia. They're like, <laughs> yeah. I'm also gonna put like the the guys from How Did This Get Made and Comedy Bang Bang and Who Charted in here. Yep, yep, indeed, indeed. Um, speaking of that, I I I don't think we've mentioned the artist's name on these on these books here. Yeah. Let, me, let me open this up so I can make sure to get these right here. Um. Let me go back to the very start of this thing. This one, that's the introduction. We have the stuff here. Artists, uh, Walter Giovanni, colorist Adriano Lucas, letterer Simon Boland. Most of those are... All the same. Carlos Lopez also on some coloring work. Uh, Noah Salonga. I hope I had that right. Uh, Elmer Santos. Um, those They did the zero issue uh, in mm. volume three. Um, and then Marco Lesco did some coloring work in that third and final vo- volume as well as ooh, um, v- 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 Vinicius. Andrade, I hope I said that one right too. And Alex Guimaras, I'm terrible with names, but we should at least mention them because they did some 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 good work. In it's a good looking book. Yeah, I we've frequently other times when we've read a couple volumes of a comic, there is like an artist switch partway through. Which isn't bad, but it was kind of nice to stick with the same consistent art style through like this whole 18 issue run of comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, except for like the zero issues, really interesting looking. There's great cover variants you get to see at the bottom, at the, at the end of these volumes that I really yeah. liked looking at. There's uh, so much joy taken in Red Sonia as like the action hero and the pinup. And uh, mm-hmm. she's got. She's got the classic like chain mail bikini and it, one of the artisans she has to go fetch in the second volume is like the world's greatest courtesan. They call her the princess of pillowing. Yeah. I've never heard pillow used as a verb before. Who's <laughs> this beautiful lady with like the soft hair and the silk gown. And at one point she like kind of gives Sonia a makeover and Sonia's like, mm-hmm. I dress this way because I like it. Like, I like that Sonia has, like, real ownership over her scantily clad look. She's like, no, this is what I like to wear. You know, nobody makes any decisions yeah. for Red Sonia. Like, I dress like this. So that's... And when she puts on... Hmm? Go, go ahead. But uh, when she puts on, like, the gown and, and the woman she's talking to, she finds out that she's from, like, the next village over from mm-hmm. where Red Sonia grew up came from similar backgrounds and just like took a different path like joined this this house of courtesans and Sonia has this moment of like oh my life could have been really different like not wondering like she's kind of wondering about what could have been like she's really happy with her life the way it is but there are occasionally moments where she meets uh like a more traditionally feminine woman or a woman who's got more traditional like domestic life Mm -hmm. she's like oh that could be me I I could be married I could wear like a nice dress interesting huh and she's it, like i don't know what i'll do decades from now uh, d- yeah. after after i'm done with combat i like my life now but it is interesting to think about how other women live and how i might live if circumstances were different 
Yeah. Uh, before I say what I was about to say on that, I do also want to give a shout out to the cover artist, uh, Jenny Frizen. Um, yeah. I I love her 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 work. I've I've seen her do covers for all sorts of things, and they're always fantastic. Um, the the artwork on 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 these were great. I but, love the covers. I love how often it's like Sonia's eyes are like the most intense thing on the page. It's not always like the boobs or the muscles or the sword. She's got these really intense eyes staring at you. So that's kind of what I want to get at is that like I think historically both with comics in general and then getting into Red Sonia it's kind of been a male dominated industry until recently um and and I just like general nerd culture hasn't been mm. very welcoming to women um and and so characters like Red Sonia yeah, it is kind of meant to be, again, this male fantasy of like, oh, here's this beautiful woman with with no clothes on and and she's she can also do all of that stuff and she can, you know, be my companion because she, she mm -hmm. can hang with me when I go out hunting and, and stuff like that. Um, but then writers like Gail Simone get on the book and take that character and take the things that she's good at and has been used for in the past and can almost turn that on their head to be like, yeah, of course she likes sex. Who doesn't like sex? She's comfortable in this outfit because who who cares why? She's comfortable. Yeah, that's what she likes. And mm. like that is one thing about the art in this book. They, like there is no like gratuitous butt shots or like stuff yeah. like that. And, like art that like you can often see in comics of just like, oh, mm. it's the woman's butt right in frame. It's like, oh, it's like looking right at her titties past that to someone else. Mm. But it's just like, come on, guy. Like, do we really need that? Um, but yeah, there is this like, oh, 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 oh. There is this ownership of like, yes, this is me. This is what I like. This is this. These are the things that I'm into. And she is often the one initiating sex in these books here. She's just like, all right, come on. I'm bored. Get over here. And at the end of the second volume, when she gets her her payment uh, uh, from the from the palace after she like defeats the king and like whoever's left in charge gives her whatever her payment is, she goes back to that uh, house of courtesans where she picked up that lady from and like drops the back of, bag of gold and like that Mister like, Sand and it's like please one of each place. <laughs> yeah. And I love. More than any like big battle scene, the two page spread of just like the hall of courtesans, just all these glamorous people, these men and women and like all these, you know, some are shirtless, some are scantily clad, but also some are wearing like beautiful gowns. Like every everybody's like at their finest and whatever they decide like their finest is for themselves, like I, I want to be covered in peacock feathers. That's what makes me feel sexy and powerful. Sure. Like quite a variety of smorgasbord. It was lovely. 
absolutely and what's what's interesting to me is like even though she uh, owns it and is like this is me i'm a warrior i can fight Mm -hmm. and kill and do all of this stuff uh when she does get that makeover she's blushing it like in it and i i read that as this like well i feel slightly uncomfortable because i'm not used to it mm-hmm. but there is this like but i i kind of like it uh, like i yeah i don't know how i feel about it yet because i haven't re- really explored it but there is this like i i don't know maybe i could do this one day i yeah i don't know and i, I think just also by the the fact that yeah like she does want to almost live this life of luxury where people are attending her and washing mm-hmm. her and it is also kind of more so for the sex right but mm-hmm. like she she we we know that she also likes that stuff too so like there there, there is this side of her that is maybe more elegant or royal or more traditionally feminine or something like that that she just really doesn't get the time to explore all that much yeah which is an interesting side to her camp in the woods and fight marauders like there's not a lot of time for yes bathe me with rose petals yeah and then what I like about that too is yeah, that whole that whole book, right? They're all starting to be like, oh, you you smell like you haven't been. She's like, I don't have time. I'll deal with it later. <laughs> right. But then in volume three, I think it's like the first like tavern she goes in or something. They're just like, oh, you reek of perfumes. Like you've been like they had to like really bathe you. What what in the world? <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, you're like, you smell like lilacs, gross. <laughs> Which like, I, like, it's almost supposed to be like, that's supposed to be like a subtle smell of like, oh, she, like she walked by and I got this whiff of flowers and lilacs and all this stuff. But that's like, oh, this is like you, they bathed you in perfume. Like that wasn't water you were sitting in. Like you were like, (laughs) you were in some oil, (laughs) something there, uh, which I I thought was also a good joke. It was just a complete Mm -hmm. 180 (laughs) on that too. And they still had the same reaction. (laughs) (laughs) Volume three is a bit more of a, well, it's, it's six, it's six issues. And like, there's a really solid story in the first four issues that has like a really good ending to that little story yes. arc. And I wasn't really sure what the next two issues were going to be spent on. But I love that conflict in the first part where, yeah, she kills this wizard and is like dying breath. He curses her. I curse you to never forgive again as long as you live. And she's like, all right, that seems like I got off kind of easy. Who cares yeah. what that means? And she like goes to this tavern. It's like the people who hired her, please go kill this local sorcerer who's screwing up our lives. And like the tavern master just like accidentally like spills some wine on the back of her cloak. He's like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. And she beats the pulp out of him. She destroys that guy. And then everybody in the tavern who was lauding her as a hero is like, man, we need you to leave. We need you to get out of here. We don't know what we did. We don't know what's wrong. But like you're not our hero anymore. Like like he didn't deserve this. Get out of here. And like every little thing is just obs- pissing her off. Absolutely. And she, yeah, was, she meets like one of the warriors who like killed her her family. 
and well, it's like the thing decades that was later. Interesting to, to, to yeah. me is that she like that is the thing that almost sets her off in like or like gets her mad and upset, and then it's just that spill rink that sets her off. But she sees this guy, and at first I thought this was maybe part of the curse of that, like she saw him. But he wasn't really there like no one else saw him or something. But that's not the case. No, the guy was actually there. But once this big fight breaks out, he's just like, all right, I don't need to be a part of this. I'm going to leave. And so he leaves and she's like, he's getting away. Um, yeah, I, I just thought that was interesting because you don't know exactly the ramifications of the curse yeah. yet. It's not like yeah. I curse you with boils or like you like mm-hmm. you're, you're, you can never pick up your sword again or something. It's like you, you can't forgive. Yeah. What does that mean? I like how is that going to manifest in her life here? And yeah, you don't really recognize it because her getting into a bar fight is also something you could kind of expect from her. Yeah. Right? Who knows? Mm-hmm. It's it's an interesting conflict. I like, uh, yeah, that she's encountered this old warrior who it's like decades. You know, it's been like 20 years or whatever since that happened. And he's like. I really regret that. I was young. I was stupid. I didn't like the person I was now. I've tried to change. And he's like, maybe I don't deserve forgiveness. Like at the end, after she beats the curse and she does go and forgive him because she's like, I need to do this for myself. I can't be the sort of person who never forgives anybody. That's monstrous. Mm -hmm. He's like, I don't know if I even deserve it. And she's like, well, I did this for me, not for you. Like you have to live with it. Yeah. And I love that when she's realizing, oh, now that I have this curse, it's not just that I don't forgive people. It's that every flight is like worthy of combat to me now. So like if anything slightly, if anything slightly off between me and somebody like I could, I'd want to fight them and I'm Red Sonia, I will kill them. So to keep these townspeople safe, she plunges her hands straight into the campfire when you see her again, she's like burned to the bone. Down she's like the skeleton bone, yeah. fingers poking out, poking out. It's so gruesome. She's like, this is what I had to do. I had to make myself unable to use Ugh. a sword at all to pick up a single weapon to save all of your lives. It's so gnarly. Yeah, it re- really is. Um, but but yeah, like I I really really enjoyed this story. I think partly because it d- d- does wrap around to the stuff mm. that I I did like about that first vo- volume, right? Like you 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 get that sort of fever dream origin story about her village being killed by this one dude, and it comes back at the end here. Like, oh hey, I found the guy. Like I wasn't expecting it, but I found him, and now I can confront him and deal with that. Like I didn't know I was searching for him but i was kind of um and then yeah she burns her hand she gets sick uh she like has to like heal and 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 stuff but she's dying basically and 
everyone comes back to see her. The the two body guards yeah. from volume one come back to pay their respects. All of the like five or six people she picked up in volume two, the dancer, the star gazer, the cook, they all come back and pay their respects in case she doesn't make it right. Um, and I like I liked that. Like that was the yeah. like kind of nice emotional like, OK, let's let's tie everything together here that I I really, really enjoyed about that. That third and final volume there. Mm-hmm. It, it also had something else that I really enjoy enjoyed. And I kind of wished that this was more of a staple throughout uh-huh. the book here. I loved her conversations with death. Yeah, I thought that was awesome. Um, and to have like this inner monologue, like um, almost like these intrusive th- th- thoughts, right? Mm. Like if that would have been something similar to, to how remember when we read uh, Tom King's The Vision, right? And there's yeah. that narrator of the book. And at first you don't really know who the narrator is. And it's not until like two thirds of the way in that you find out who that narrator is. I, I kind of would have liked that, that she has just this whole t- time been having this conversation in her head with death. And in this, like, I am a warrior. I am on, like, I could die at any moment. I'm familiar with her, with her. I know who she, she, like we have this, this conversation here. But we don't actually meet her in the book until this third and final volume. I think that would be neat because, um, I yeah, there were like there's obviously the times when she's fighting her, her which is the like metaphorical like struggle. Like, are you going to make it past this fever? Um, but then once she does get better, there is still a few things that they say back and forth to yeah. one another. either. That was like that's i i really like that that that's kind of cool yeah give me more and of that, that really that really Metal. earned the structure <laughs> of that final volume for me where i felt like we had such a good something that could have been such a strong end with the fourth issue in that volume i'm like what exactly are the next two issues going to be i did like that it's sonia still kind of talking with death like i know you're after me i know i cheated you and i'd love that when she meets death She's death is like, no, I don't give this offer to anybody, but would you like to be one of my servants? One of my guard? Like, do you want to be one of my devils? Truly? Yeah. And Sonya sort of like out talks death. Like, how do you know? I'm not also some sort of a God who came down here to trounce you and take your throne. Yeah. (laughs) Like she really just, I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, you don't know who I am. Why do you it's just why do you presume I'm immortal? You don't know what I am. I can be anything right. over Estonia. Exactly. I, I just haven't found out yet. <laughs> yeah. And I like the last two issues where she's sort of having that conversation with death about how you can take me, but on my terms. Like I know it is petulant to defy death but i have work i have to do first you're not getting to me before i finish that work what i also like about those i i to be honest 
I don't feel like I personally needed those last two issues mm-hmm. with the nuns there. But one of the things I did like about that is, yes, she still has that very mature conversation with death at the end. But then also when she's with the nun, she's also very childlike in the sense that like she's just like, look, I don't know how to read. I don't care for these books. But then yeah. she's just like, will you read to me? And like she just like cuddles up with her he- head on one of the nun's l- laps and is just like, yeah, tell me a story. And it like it's this yeah. very vulnerable moment for her. I feel yeah. like um, which it's, very much contrasts this like I'm facing death and I, mm. I, I talked her down. Here is this mature philosoph- philosophical conversation that I had to just like story t- story time. Please. <laughs> it's very matter of fact where she's like i never could figure out how to read like letters yeah. never made sense to me and my parents died before they could finish teaching me so she's just like i don't know how to read if you want to share me that story with me like you have to read it to me and it's a a folk tale like of her people uh it's like mm-hmm. a book it's like a famous children's book like from from hirakania like the region she's from and she's never heard before and she really Nancy takes <laughs> to the legend of like this little girl. Yeah, yeah I like that. I like that. Yeah. Very rarely in fiction, especially in sort of like fantasy fiction, like uh, we find these characters inspiring. But within the story, those characters don't have other fictional characters they find inspiring. Like it kind of made me sad that nobody in Harry Potter has a book to read like Harry Potter, you know? <laughs> like, what yeah. is the big fictional world within this fictional world? Like, what are the, what novels do those characters read? And I like that the story included that, that Sonia hears this story, and she's like, that little girl is cool. I want to be like her. I want to be like this eight-year-old who outsmarted a bear. How can I think like her in this final battle? Yeah. Yeah, that was fantastic. Um yeah, I I I I liked that third volume especially. Um I I think even with the zero issue uh which had a completely different art style uh was just kind of a one-off story. I I liked that. I liked the, this like just one issue we're going to tell our own story about this guy who was like, oh, I married Red Sonia. Yeah. Like, she'll be, like she, and she he, he thought she had passed away. All of this stuff turns out he's making up the whole whole thing. Right. Uh, but then ends up kind of sacrificing himself yeah. for her uh, and just has this like, I mean, you were kind of an asshole, but you did the right thing at the end here. Um, yeah, I that was an interesting story. I, I like how many there is many like purely evil like sorcerers and kings there are in the story. There's also these more like nuanced gray people she meets like this guy. Uh, she was like the warrior came to town and he loved her. He really looked up to her. He like mm-hmm. tried to flirt with her once and she like completely shut him down. And then everybody in the town was like smack talking her like, God, that lady was so rude. Why is she dressed like that? She's vulgar. She's this. And he's like, don't talk about her like that. She's a goddess. 
Like he has so much respect for Sonia that he invents this tale where like she was my true love. Because even within this fiction, this very self-serving fiction, it can give the townspeople a more positive view of her. He's like, mm -hmm. I'm lying about a romance we never had, but it meant that the people would stop insulting you. And that's all I really wanted. I just wanted them to say nice things about you because I admire you so much. And then he tried to use that to like not pay for food and water. Like, oh, she's rich, so she'll be back, even though she's dead, 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 dead. dead. But you know, one day, uh huh. And she's like, "No, I do. You do have to be punished for that. I'm not accepting that. No." And at the end of the story, she's like, "I've never imagined being married to anybody. That might be kind of nice someday." I like yeah. that Red Sonia has such a clear vision of herself. Like she knows exactly who she is. Like she projects on the outside exactly who she is on the inside. She has this awareness of, I don't know everything that I am capable of doing. You know, if I'm this great warrior, maybe one day I could also be capable of, you know, loving somebody and getting married and having a home. I don't, mm -hmm. if I can do everything, maybe I can do that too someday. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. with all, of, all of that. Um, I don't know if I have too much else to yeah, say about on, it. On Red Sonia. Good stuff. I enjoyed it. A nice yeah. time. Yeah. Indeed. Um, let's see. Let me pull up our bingo sheet here. Give me just a sec to get all of that ready. There we go. Pulling it up on screen in just a sec. I guess the one downside about doing mm -hmm. this on the google thing is that it never saves like what like zoom in you want oh it's always like yeah. too zoomed in and they have to zoom out okay here's our bingo sheets uh for right now i definitely um, have poison poison did we crash a fancy party? Kinda. I not exactly. Like there's, we see fancy parties, but I think they go like, to one, but they didn't crash. Yeah, because they were. Yeah, they were invited. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't be invited to a fancy party. You have to crash it. That is required. I mean, she adopts um, a kid into her party. She adopts Rat, but like, she's not stuck with Rat. And like yeah. rat, you know, despite being like yeah, twelve years old, it's not like the fact that she's a child doesn't have a lot of weight on the story. Like she doesn't behave or is really treated differently than the other party members. Yeah. Did we have a magic book? I don't think we uh, did. I don't think so. I don't know if we really um, had a disguise. I mean, we had people who were just like wearing a cloak that covers hood, their face yeah, and then they no. pull back the hood and they're like, it's me. And I don't think that's really enough. There is a sexy red dress in that like big two page spread of the various courtesans, but it's just like one out of the like 20 people in that panel. So I don't think it's given it like, wow, factor on its own to be worth me crossing that off. Yeah, I think all I had was poison. That was poison. It. Yeah, no Almost secret royalty. 
almost had begin human trials because the <laughs> wizard was killing yeah. the people from the town but there oh. was no like let's start it now it was just like oh he did that but didn't we, get to see it in this book oh well we probably saw a cow but the cow wasn't very significant like a cow was probably in there but i don't remember it no maybe in that first volume with the town yeah yeah we all a character did break into dance but given that that was their job and their identity i don't think that's really worth crossing off like the entire point of that guy is to dance it's not a surprise that that's what he's doing yeah yeah i i think all all, all i yeah. have is poison there we go put that back up here Melissa, let's do recommendations yeah if people enjoy this what else might they like ah Red Sonia definitely reminded me of Xena. Xena, yeah, sure, warrior absolutely. princess. Her with her companion slash girlfriend, I think, Gabrielle. Her friend, Joxer. I have very vague memories of Xena, warrior princess. And I know there's a lot of it. So I don't, I don't even know where it is. It, this does not seem like an easy show to rewatch. It seems like there's probably season upon season of the thing. I don't know where the app in which it lives. Can't say I've seen Xena in like 20 years. I'm just telling you, like, think about her. Just sit down and, like, remember Xena for a little bit. Picture Lucy Lawless's face in your mind. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, I would throw on the heroic legend of Arslan, uh, a okay. manga that we read back on episode 103. Um, not necessarily sword and sorcery. It is more like that military fantasy mm. uh, stuff but it I, I i feel like there is some similarities in there just from it being a fantasy genre uh i think especially the volume two of red sonia here of her like building that party uh out i i think that is a lot of the strategy that is happening in arslan of just like okay there's this little prince who's exiled and he kind of needs to build up his allies here we need to like str mm. str strategically think about who can help us out here um so i'd say that um of course you know stuff like conan the barbarian mm -hmm. would be one to think about uh if you guys have seen gendy tartakovsky's primal uh, yeah. I would also put that in there too. I I love that Let's cartoon. It's Samurai fantastic. Samurai Jack. While we're at it, Samurai sure, Jack, never a bad recommendation. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. I I I I'm still struggling to come up right. with stuff that is like in the genre. I think one of the things that surprised me last week when I was doing some research of like what can I pitch like what are some yeah. things I could do was uh like uh, me just looking up lists of like what are the best sword and sorcery movies out there and one that kept popping up was Jason and the Argonauts of uh, just yeah the, like the, the like g Greek mythology side of like here's a character True. who like gets to go on some quest and has to fight some like weird lizard in a mountain or some skeleton mm. army or some <laughs> you know some giant monster yeah uh, and i was just like i i 
guess. Yeah, that that works. Yeah, yeah. Um, hey, I don't know what the last great sword and sorcery movie was because you think of that and you think of the like eighties oh. Schwarzenegger like Lundgren stuff. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's made one in the last. Oh, I mean, oh, there was the North a Man. Remake. Watch the North Man. Yeah, there there was a more recent remake of Conan. I I don't know. Um, there there is some 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 stuff that you can do in comics that aren't necessarily uh sword and sorcery. I think Thor, especially uh, mm-hmm. Jason mm-hmm. Aaron's run on on yeah. that the first two volumes of which is are what they used for the more re- recent thor movie uh with mm-hmm. gore the god butcher uh but that especially that early s- s- stuff that jason aaron was doing with that run is very sword and sorcery like um from the valiant universe we've read a few valiant comics here on the show but we have not read eternal warrior um who is also a sword and sorcery like character um but if you want a spin on that genre i would also suggest exo man war from valiant uh who is kind of like a mix between thor and iron man and maybe like a dash of captain america in there too uh, in the sense that he was a of the Visigoths right outside mm-hmm. the Roman Empire, uh, and then he got abducted by aliens and spent oh, no. uh, what he thought was a decade of time up there with the aliens, only to escape by donning their sacred armor, which only their prophesied savior could wear. So when he puts it on, they're all like, but you're a human. You're not our savior. Like, what the hell? Like, this is wrong mm-hmm. here. Uh, so he he's be, becomes an enemy of them. But then he goes back to, to, to Earth to where his pe- people should be, only to find that he's now in modern day times. Um, so mm. he has this like Steve Rogers, like man out of time. OK, stuff. like I'm ancient Visigoth. I don't know how to act in the modern world, but he also has this like high tech alien armor on. So he's kind of like Tony Stark in that sense. But he speaks like Thor. So if you want to twist on the sword and sorcery stuff, Exo Man of War, go check him out. Why not? Okay. So yeah, there you go. That's what I would do for recommendations. Nice. Melissa, it's your turn to pitch what we're doing for this next week. What do you got for me? I have three audio dramas for you. We haven't done an audio drama in like a year. Uh, And I I just have a very full week at work. We're just in a, a real crunch time at work right now. So like I need an audio drama to get me through the work day. These are very personally driven picks this week. Cool. Let's do it. Pitch number one. I know DC is uh, hot right now. I don't know if this is the most timely DC thing we could cover, but pitch number one is Batman Unburied, the Mm. audio drama on Spotify. A serial killer known as the Harvester terrorizes Gotham City, but Batman is not coming to the rescue. In fact, Bruce Wayne has no memory of being the caped crusader at all. Instead, Bruce is a forensic pathologist performing the autopsy on the latest victim when he's attacked by the killer himself. 
As Bruce's obsession with the harvester consumes him, Dr. Thomas Wayne, head of Gotham City Hospital, orders his son to take medical leave and seek treatment from an unusual psychologist, Dr. Hunter. With Batman missing in action, Detective Barbara Gordon is left with no other choice but to seek help from Gotham's second smartest detective, the Riddler. Batman Unburied is created by David S. Goyer and stars Winston Duke, Hassan Minhaj, and Gina Rodriguez. Yeah. Uh, cool. This is a take on Batman I've never heard before. I don't know. I don't know if it has any basis in the comics or if it's an entirely new approach for this audio drama. But I like the idea of a Bruce Wayne who his parents lived or his father lived at least, and he followed in his father's footsteps, and he's fighting crime from the the the, the me perspective, kind of. Winston Duke, I'd love to hear his take on being Bruce Wayne. It's exciting casting. I've loved him in live action. I'd like to spend time with him as a voice actor. Sure. Good stuff. Good stuff. Pitch number two. This is something I've pitched to you before. This is an audio drama called The Left-Right Game. Tessa Thompson stars as an idealistic young journalist trying to make a name for herself by following a group of paranormal explorers obsessed with a seemingly harmless pastime known as The Left-Right Game. Basically, you start at a corner in a town. You take a left, you know, you're driving in your car, you take a left, you take a right, take a left, take a right. And you just keep doing that forever. And eventually you will go beyond the confines of reality and go into another dimension. You're just on a road trip through this weird alternate (laughs) dimension. The journey takes her into a supernatural world that she and the other members of the expedition can neither handle nor survive. Uh, I've listened to all this. It's a really cool premise. It's it's a fun one. I, I'd love to, the I'd love to have you hear it. I'd love the chance to talk about that one. Sure. And pitch number three. You've often talked about how the very first episode of the Whatnots podcast, you and your old co-host Paul talked about the Black Tapes podcast. Not even a comprehensive look at the first season, just like however much of the podcast was out at that point. And you're like, that episode's so embarrassing. We didn't know what we were doing back then. Don't listen to it. I thought I'd give you the opportunity. Kyle, we could talk about season one of the Black Tapes podcast, a personal favorite of yours and mine. We you could, could do it yeah. again. You could have a fresh start, a new, better Black Tapes podcast episode. We we, we technically do have a better Black Tapes podcast out there. I think we covered the rest of like season one and two of like episode 50 of the whatnots podcast <laughs> like way back in the day and then we did it again for our like anniversary of 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 like let's cover the entire show now mm-hmm. uh so we have better ones out there but yeah we haven't done it like ye- you and i have not yeah t- t- talked a bit about it we know that we've listened to it and stuff mm. like that but uh yeah Interesting. Okay, so we got Batman Unburied, the Left Right Game, and the Black yes. Tapes podcast. Mm. Um, man, uh, I think I'm going to go with the Left Right Game. I think that one nice. sounds in- interesting. I. I would like to also get some paranormal stuff uh, yeah. here on, on the show. And Tessa Thompson, why not?
excellent. Yeah she's, yeah, she's very good in this. It's a really well done, like really well produced, rich sound design. I feel like every new audio drama nowadays is like oh, an immersive soundscape. <laughs> a movie for your ears. <laughs> it's one of those. Uh, but I, I listened to this like a year or two, like a year and a half ago again in the working from home space where i need to just like be somewhere else while i'm stuck here at my desk uh it's a good one it's a good one i look forward to listening to it again i look forward to hearing sure. your thoughts sounds good yeah the left right gay game and i'm assuming you can get that wherever podcasts yeah. are available um, yeah i've got it on my my podcast addict it's 10 episodes and they're anywhere from like mid 30 minutes to like 50 something minutes cool Sounds good to me. Sounds like a good one. Um, but yeah, I think that is uh, almost about it for our podcast mm -hmm. this week. Melissa, where can the people find you on the Internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities. So where me and my brother Jams talk about weird old kid shows you feel like only you remember. There you go. Uh, if you guys would like to stay up to date with me, I am at Yo Kyle Springer. And of course, if you would like to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots. Uh, so please go like, share and subscribe. That would help us out a ton. Go check out one of our other videos over there on that side. If you're watching the YouTube ver version, that would also help us out a bunch. Uh, and yeah, this has been number 240 of the Whatnots Review Show.